This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Freaking first cut. Golly! Welcome into the First Cup Podcast Round One recap for this week's Masters. Joined by Mark Immelman and Kyle Porter. Mark, we'll start here with you. Welcome, big day, big week. Yeah, big day, big week. Uh, the weather today was perfect. The golf course was there, in my opinion, to be had, but some of the whole locations were sort of treacherous. Some, and if you hit poor shots, they're going to trip you up. But if you played well, it was there. Um, and certainly, I felt like. The guys later in the afternoon had the best time of it, but the winds we were expecting laid down a little bit, so you had to make hay today. There was no, no doubt about that. Uh, Kyle Porter is here. KP, you are actually there, my friend. I hope you brought some layers because I think that was the best of it that we got on Thursday. It for sure was. I don't know who allowed me out here to talk about the Masters in front of the Par 3 course, but... Uh, it's a ton of fun, and today was great. You know, it was, it was actually very, very hot out here for most of the day. And I agree with Mark. You know, the scoring average, I have it written down. It's the lowest since – it's the second lowest of the last six years in terms of first-round scoring average. The only one lower was 2020, which obviously was very different conditions. So uh, I think that's the that's the best, uh, the best scoring day that we'll probably see uh, throughout the week. Well, three big names at the top of the leaderboard, all carding 65s on this Thursday. Let's start with our beautiful boy, Mark Victor Hovland, goes out and shoots a bogey. <laughs> hold on, hold six. on. <laughs> what? You don't like that? <laughs> the, the real beautiful boy is Jordan. Not anymore. Not not until not until okay. you are leading the Masters with a seven under sixty five. That's how you become <laughs> our our beautiful boy, who is Victor Hovland and Mark. He was pretty stout on this Thursday. He made an eagle early in his round on number two. He got into a couple of awkward spots, but was able to extract himself with some savvy ups and downs. And Victor now putting himself in contention here right out of the gate. He certainly did, uh, and look, I love Victor just like you do. He's one of the great guys on tour, but when you wear a golf shirt like that, you better shoot seven under 65 to back that thing up. And, and what he did so well is the continuation of what he's done early in the season. He's done some work on the golf swing with Joe Mayo. They've eliminated the left miss largely, so he's got that fade shot he can go to. And when you can dial and sort of set up a one-directional miss, especially around this place where a lot of the trouble is down the left-hand side, 
you can play some offense. And Victor certainly did. And he made the saves like you referenced when he was in trouble. And he made some long putts when he needed to. So it was a really sound day. But the truth of it to me is what I saw of Victor, he didn't look stressed at all. And, and always at the Masters, you're playing with this level of uncomfortability. And uh, he looked as comfortable as anyone in a very uncomfortable situation. Yeah, it's funny, uh, Rick. The I think the No Way No Boys tweeted the, uh, I think it's the Godfather meme. They massacred our boy with the <laughs> with the Jay Lindenberg gear. It looks like it looks like they massacred an Azalea Bush uh, to get that to get that shirt into production. So I don't know what was going on there. Uh, but listen, I I think the thing with Hovland is he can ball strike his way around here to the tune of sixty five, and he did. But the problem is going to – I talked to somebody today who, who watched him warm up, like, with his short game, and he was like, I don't know if – I don't know what he was trying to do, but it, it was not – it was not good. Like, it looked like one of us trying to chip out there. And there's going to be a moment this week, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, whenever it is, where he gets himself into multiple just bad spots on the course and needs to get up and down. And those are the moments that I think are going to be the most fascinating for Hovland because it's like, what do you have right here? Uh, you know, there was a clip of him, was it last year, right? Maybe two years ago, chipping at Augusta. And it, he was like, it did look like one of us. This is a very difficult place to chip, as I'm sure Mark can elaborate on. But I, I, I'm really interested to see how that goes for him. But I do think the experience of playing in the final round with Rory at the Open last year is, is not, I think that's valuable. I think that's a real thing. And I think he'll he'll benefit. You don't carry that momentum or anything like that, but he'll benefit from, you know, you hear guys talk all the time, what did that feel like? Do you know what that feels like? And Hovland kind of does now, and, and he will even more so if he continues playing like this. Also no stranger to Butler Cabin, sat next to Tiger Woods as low amateur in 2019. John Rahm, Mark, got off to... A pretty slow start, smacked in the face with a four putt on number one, ends up making double, gets both of those back immediately at two and three, and then turns in to John Rahm, shoots a 65. He was one of the big three that everybody was talking about before this event started, and he certainly proved it on this Thursday. He did, and kudos to him for the quick bounce back after that W reference, but for me, you know, people will talk about the Augusta National and they'll say it's a second-shot golf course, which it is. But the key to making it a second-shot golf course is to play from the fairway. And he made a change to the driver. He added a degree of loft to the face, the way they bent it. So he's got a little bit more spin on the, on the golf ball, which makes the ball easier to curve. So that two-sided miss, that pull option cut he had going on for the last few weeks, which had him sort of playing defense with the approach shots a bit, that has sort of gone away because he drove the ball well. He played from the lion's share of the fairways. That allowed him to play offense. You know, KP can speak to how good this guy is with the irons because, you know, Kyle likes what John Rahm does. And today he just looked bulletproof. He honestly did. He looked like the John Rahm who showed up at the beginning of 2023 and looked as downright unbeatable. And to open with 65, uh, right now he's cutting a pretty ominous-looking figure because the game does look complete. It does. I think John Rahm doesn't get enough credit for. Uh, I don't. I don't know if this is the right term, but just his ability mentally. Like he's pretty. He gets. He gets a lot of flack for his emotions and like being out of control and all that stuff. Mentally, he's pretty tough. 
you know, at major championships, how many times have we seen this? Oh, he made double. Oh, he bounced back with three birdies in his next six holes, in his next seven holes, whatever it is. He seems to do that a lot at big boy tournaments. And now he, he didn't play great at the majors last year, and he's had stretches where he's kind of been down a little bit. But I, I just, I thought his his mental ability to bounce back from a six at the first hole, especially coming in with honestly not really any momentum over the last month. He had a WD, uh, you know, he he was lost five down to Billy Horschel at match play. There wasn't a lot of juice coming in. You make a six at one, and that's a little like jarring off the top you know you start the masters with a six and then he then he plays the next 17 and 59 and you're like this this is unbelievable so i i just i want to give him credit for his his ability to mentally kind of bounce back from some stuff because i don't know if he always gets physically he gets you know all the credit for his giftedness and his work ethic and all that but i think mentally there's actually some some real fortitude there that he doesn't often get credit for yeah, drove it beautifully. Second in strokes gained off the tee this uh, Thursday, too. Gordon Sargent clipped by the Vanderbilt sophomore. But a 65 for Rom, our third 65 of the day, Mark. One, Brooks Kepka. Kyle talks about fortitude at mental champ- at major championships. The mentals of Brooks Kepka at major championships may be second to none. I count one bad swing. Yanked it left on 13, ends up making a bogey there. Otherwise, he was pretty spotless around Augusta National. He was, and he had that Brooks Kepka about him again, you know, with the Brooks that really, I don't care who you are, where we're playing at golf, and I'm going to just outmuscle you. And the thing that was the most impressive to me was how fit and healthy he did look. You know, he'd been telling us for the longest time that, you know, the body's not good, the knee's not there, I can't support my golf swing enough. But here of late, we've heard him saying, look, I feel good. I feel 100% again. And truth is, Brooks looked 100%. And with respect, color me surprised. I was like, all right, I'm keen to see how it is coming in here because the pressure level here is infinitely different to where he has been playing. But he made putts that mattered. He had shots that meant something. And he looked like he was right back in that major championship saddle. And I like just fobbing people off, doing his thing, hitting balls hard in the fairway. And he played the game, cobbled together to me a really sound day. And, and it was good to see. And I, again, will admit that I was somewhat surprised to see it. But man, did he look good. Yeah, I was surprised too. You know, I was actually surprised, Rick. This is only his second round at Augusta National, better than 69 ever. He had a 66 before, I believe. That might have been in 2019 when he finished T2. And then 65 today, you know, I, I asked him afterward uh, in the presser because I was curious about, I mean, think about a year ago uh, when the, when the well, the, the Netflix deal came out in February, I guess. But it was, it, was, um, it was showing what happened a year ago when he's got this existential, like, should I even play golf thing, you know, anymore going on. And you know, Scotty Scheffler's going on to win the Masters, and it was like this whole, like, just dramatic, and you're like, man, what is going on with Kepka? You know, that was just two months ago when that when that episode came out. And I asked him, like, what's the difference between now, or between, you know, a year ago and, and, and right now? And he said it's the injury thing. He said he's, he said he's just healthy. He said he's almost back to where um, to where he was prior to any, anything happening, any of the, like, knee stuff going on. And, and so you hear that and I'm like, I, I want to believe that because I think it's su- I think majors are just more interesting when Kepka's involved. He's just such a fascinating 
historically great character in the game of golf. But he's said a lot of things, Rick, and you've been on this. He's said a lot of stuff over the years about his knee, about his injuries, up, down, good, bad. And I, I, you can't ever, like, pin him down on it. It always seems like the story's not changing, but there's just always, like, oh, well, this, then that. And, and so I don't I'm, – I'm, like, halfway bought into the 65 and him kind of kind of running the field here. Uh, and then halfway, I'm, I kind of want to see something else on Friday just because of the injury history and – uh, because he hasn't he hasn't been all that great at Augusta National over the course of his career. Yeah, Brooks Kepka, not necessarily always the most reliable narrator out there. Uh, we got to part ways with KP here shortly, so I want to bounce this one right back to you, Kyle. I think you got a chance to follow Tiger Woods around the golf course today. It was a laborious 74 that looked like rust out of the gate. He got a couple of birdies back on 15 and 16 before drawing an awkward stance on 18 in the fairway, which led to another bogey. He's got a little bit of work to do if he wants to be around for the weekend. Yeah, I, th- I think I'm going to give you two more notes after Tiger also uh, before I before I get out of here. But I think on Tiger, it kind of is what we thought it would be, right? I, I don't know that this is any different than we were kind of all talking about on Tuesday when we did the, the First Cup podcast. It was cool. I was on 15. He makes a four on 15, makes a long birdie putt there. And then 16, he hits one tight and makes a birdie there. So birdie, birdie to kind of get be- get it back to, to something respectable. Uh, but he was, uh, yeah, it just, I mean, it was really hot out here and he was, he was laboring and this is just, you know, I said this last year, Rick, and people just, you know, just rip apart anything when it comes to tiger, but there's not, there's not really a scenario in which the leg, the trajectory is not that it gets better. It's that it maybe stays the same. Maybe the pain's less for two days and then it's it's harder for a day. I, I just, it's not a, it's not going to be a linear trajectory. So I think this just is what it is. And I think what that means as people are starting to sort of come to grips with is he's not going to win another major championship and that's okay. Like that's an okay thing. So that was kind of my takeaway a little bit from uh, his first round uh, on Thursday. Can I give you my two other notes from, from round one? Yeah, absolutely. Fire away. Okay. Real quick. Gordon Sargent, the amateur astonishing. I mean, he. I watched him with Zach Johnson and Jason. I know he shot whatever seventy six. Uh, I don't know what it was. He, it was he hit a ball on three that the speed and the transition from the top. I it was just like I don't know what I'm watching here. And then he makes seven from like thirty feet away <laughs> from the green. So the short game was also like I don't know what I'm watching here. Uh, and then the other thing is. The other thing is Scotty Scheffler is going to win uh, 68 on Thursday. It just, it, it's, you know, I tweeted this out, but the Spieth trying to shoot 68, it looks like, you know, the Cirque de Soleil out here at Augusta National and Scotty shooting 68, it looks like just the easiest thing in the world. It's not easy. It's extraordinarily difficult to shoot 68 at Augusta National, even on a day where the scoring average is down just a little from what it normally is. And it's just he he makes his 68s look so easy. I think I think it's going to be him and Rom on the weekend. Those have been the two best guys this year. Uh, it would be very fitting, I think, if the two best guys so far in 2023 coming in uh, duked it out over the last uh, two or three days at Augusta. Yeah, certainly feels like we are trending in that direction. We are going to say goodbye, Kyle Porter. Always a pleasure chatting with you, Mark Immelman, and I will continue this conversation on the other side. 
Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. CBS Wednesday. We have so many cool, diverse people from different backgrounds, different beliefs, different upbringings, and it just keeps growing. I'm a citizen of the United States. I'm a hustler. I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. I'm the queen of the tribe. I am playing whatever role I gotta play. I'm gonna play this game full speed. I ain't going down like no punk. A new Survivor, Wednesday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Welcome back to the First Cut Podcast. Rick Gaiman here with Mark Immelman. Mark, let's continue this conversation from Thursday at Augusta National. Tiger Woods, obviously one of the major storylines coming into the week. It was a two over 74, a lot of limping, a lot of wiping sweat off the brow. What did you see from Tiger and what's he going to have to do to continue this quest into the weekend? Well, the reality of it is to me, Rick, and everyone's talked about this, but it was exposed today because Augusta National is a very, very difficult walk. You're playing from the, the 18 even lies, the 18 flat lies in the golf course, and those are the 18 tee shots you have. Otherwise, you've got downhill, sidehill, uphill. You're walking on incline, so there's a lot of stress on your lower part of your legs, your glutes, your ankles, and such. And I'm going to sound maybe a little medical in all of this, but with all of the stuff he's going on in that ankle, that bad ankle that he had surgically repaired, miraculously so, the body's defense to stress is inflammation. And inflammation brings pain. Then after the round, he's got to go and sit in ice baths and have treatment and stuff for hours on end. He said so to reduce inflammation. But that starts to build up, right? So after today, I'm sure with the heat, with a walk, with the stress of the golf swing, there's a whole bunch of inflammation, so he's in pain. And honestly, the truth of that is that's going to continue to build. So for him to make the weekend, he's going to have to do Tiger stuff. He's hitting it fine. He said so. I've watched him practice in preparation. The speed was there. The iron game, it looked controlled and such. The short game was a little ragged today, but that's to be expected. These are demanding greens. They're fast. It's a major championship, and he's been likely to run if he was a, late, a racehorse. But my main concern is the walking, and it, it came to fruition today. So I'd think he'd be pulling rabbits out of hat to find himself some weekend action because it's just going to be grueling from year on end. That two over 74 was losing about a stroke and a half to the field. So he's got to make up a little bit of ground on Friday. Uh, our defending champion, another guy who was present at that champion's dinner on Tuesday night, Scotty Scheffler shot a four under 68. And Mark, we talk about this all the time. 
that was the worst round he could have shot. That was the worst score he could have put together because Scotty was burning edges left and right. He made zero putts and is still just three shots off the lead. He just looks so complete right now. And and I'm going to sound like the old guy on the podcast and reference Bob Jones, okay? And, and Bob Jones was quoted, highly quotable, but said that he felt like golf was a game played on a five-inch fairway. That space in between your ears. And, you know, golfers will reference that as if it's the 15th club. And Scotty's 15th club is working better than the 14th club right now, which is the putter. The putter. <laughs> and the way he's responding to some disappointment, the way he's responding to good shots, the way he's just navigating his way around his golf course, looks like he's figured out the conundrum. And more importantly, looks like he's figured out Scotty Scheffler. And then add to that, the fact that this is a marathon, uh, he knows what the drill is. He's won one of these before. He's coming in here on rampant form. And, and it just looks like he's completely cool with the fact that he knows if he does 68 four times, he's likely winning. Um, if he does 68 and a few 69s, he'll be contending and we know he can finish. So he just looks so okay with everything right now. And, and I made a point to uh, a function I did a couple nights ago with Larry Myers, and they asked about Scotty Scheffler. And my response was this. I was like, you know, everyone wants to be a leading man, but not everyone can be a leading man because when the spotlights are on, the pressure is up and stuff becomes a little more heightened and your body performs differently. Scotty doesn't appear like he thinks he's a leading man. He's kind of just a bystander in his own life. He's like, I play golf well. That's what I do. I'm a Christian man. I believe in my faith. So he's putting golf so much in perspective that all the pressure that everyone else is putting on themselves, Scotty's just deflecting that stuff like this all the time. He's like, look, I'm a good golfer, but I'm not necessarily the leading man right now. And I think that's really cunning on his behalf to sort of just alleviate some of the stress because today you could see he was stressed, but he wasn't panicked ever. And if you can go around your four rounds without some panic going on, uh, you're going to be in good shape. I know that for certain. I've watched it happen in my family. Uh, those three and a half strokes he lost with the putter, the seventh worst putting round of Scotty Scheffler's career, still very much in the mix. Pretty good way to do it. Jordan Spieth. Yeah, we're at Augusta National, Mark. We've got to talk about Jordan, and it was the full Spieth experience on Thursday. He made a bunch of birdies. He made a mess of 11, ball in the water there. He made a mess of 13, double bogey, ball in the water there. Th this is this is the full Jordan Spieth experience in route to a three under 69, still very much in the mix. Yeah. Um, look, as you know, I'm on the Amen Corner channel this week, and it's a special stretch of holes, and it's the kind of stretch of holes where if you play a couple holes, even par, and you make a birdie on 13, you're in good shape, right? So Jordan hits it in the middle of 11 fairway, tweaks one left, Cardinalston in the water, but makes a Spethian-type bogey. And I was like, all right, we're okay. Yes. Then on 13, it's a wide right tee shot in the pine straw, and we go to break, and we see the ball tumble down into the slide, down slope, pine straw. I'm like, lay up. Next thing, he comes out there, and he's trying to fizz long iron out from there. And I'm like, this is asinine, Jordan. What are you doing? Your wedge game is that good. You pitch this back in the fairway. You wedge it on the green. You give yourself a look. And then he makes double, and he actually apologized on our show. I don't think you would have seen it on the main show, where after he hits the long iron in the water, the tributary to Ray's Creek, he actually looked at Michael Greller and said, I'm sorry. So he apologized because clearly Greller disagreed with what he was doing. But anyway, to his credit, 
He bounces back with birdies on 15 and 16. So, look, he's still in the mix, but he cannot afford to make any sort of silly decisions like he did on 13 today. I can forgive the bad swing from the fairway on 11, but that decision on 13 was unforgivable. And I was somewhat surprised given how mentally acute he ordinarily is. The way Michael Greller handed him the next golf ball looked a lot like I told you so uh, in that in that <laughs> moment. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll end here with the guy trying to complete the career grand slam, Rory McIlroy, and with an opening even par 72 around Augusta National. He's not truly in the mix, seven shots back. There's still 54 holes to go, but those opening rounds, early, slow starts for Rory continue to haunt him around this place. Uh, yes. I made the comment to Scott for Plank, who's part of one of our digital crews, uh, digital feeds here at the Masters, and you know he's won on the PGA Tour a few times. And I was like, if you had said to Rory, look, yes, seven of your golf clubs, go play he likely would have shot in the 60s because he's playing that well. And there was an element of I'm trying too hard and you could see the frustration set in. But the reality of this is that he sort of got out with 72. And whereas I think he may be disappointed, he's looking at tomorrow and the potential weather as if to say, like this morning when the golf course was a bit more receptive, maybe I can just go out tomorrow and get this thing to four under par. And then you have yourself back in the mix. Because, look, all bets are off when it's over the weekend. Bob Jones said as much. If you're within 10, he believes you can win around here. And that is a truth. That's a truism. So for Rory, it's time just to sort of let it fly a little bit. Not be rambunctious and hit silly shots, but be cautiously aggressive. And when you pick a good tar- when you pick a defensive target, make an aggressive swing. And when you pick an aggressive target, make sure that you commit to the club in your hand. None of this wishy-washy 50-50 stuff because that's what I was seeing. And then you get the ball on the wrong side of a slope and all of a sudden you make a soft bogey. So is today what he wanted? No, not by any stretch. But look, at least it wasn't like the 75s and 6s we've seen out of Rory in previous Masters. All right, Mark, you've seen 18 holes of play. There's obviously still plenty to go, but I'm going to put your feet to the fire here. Who is going to don the green jacket come Sunday evening? I've been saying this for the entire week, just the way Scotty Scheffler is playing. And this is with respect to the current guys. Because if you look at the leaderboard, it's like it's utter blue chip. You've got Burns, you've got Rahm, you've got Adam Scott, you've got Cameron Young, you've got them all. They're, they're all up there. So it's going to be a tussle. This is for certain. But I've been saying if you stay in front of Scotty Scheffler, you're going to win. And Scotty Scheffler just has to keep, keep doing Scotty Scheffler stuff. He just looks like He's completely not unfazed, but he's okay with whatever happens. And that is one of the keys to success in golf, is to care enough not to care. And Scotty looks like he's somehow got that thing going on. Oh, and add to that, he's hitting the ball fantastically well and long. So the par fives are in order, so if he just continues to stack these simple 68s on top of each other, that'll be more than enough. That's Mark Immelman. Mark, always appreciate the insight. If you appreciate this insight, you can get more of it on a near daily basis on the First Cut podcast, which is both on YouTube and anywhere you can get your podcast.
Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. 